The message you're about to listen to is of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. Okay, so let's go. So today, <clears throat> I'm going to leave all the exigencies and all of that for Pastor Femi and Apostle to finish. I'm going to leave that. I just want to bring you. So I asked Pastor Femi, I said that, Pastor Femi, what is spectacular about my teaching? And the same thing everybody says. is said, Pastor Bologi, you, need, you know how to take big theology and just make it so simple that an idiot can understand. He said, I wish I can teach that way. <laughs> I said, maybe because when I was growing up as a Christian, I grew up around a lot of people that loved theology, but we all didn't understand what they were saying. You know, so I made up my mind that when when I'm teaching my own theology, <laughs> I would um I would teach in such a way I'll teach in such a way that others will understand. All right. Where do we start from? Let's start from Matthew chapter six chapter sixteen verse six. Okay, Matthew chapter sixteen verse six. So what happens in Christianity is this there are people that have the revelation of God's word. But there are people that also have the revelation of God's word with attesting results of the revelation. It's one thing to have the revelation of God's word. It's another thing to have what the result of the revelation that you have. Someone say, why is that important? If continually in your Christian work, you have revelation, but you don't have the practical result of revelation, over time you will begin to doubt what you know. Over time, you begin to doubt what you know. Because nothing brings conviction more than the word and the result of the word. And one thing I've noticed is this. This one thing I've noticed. So the question is this. Why do people have revelation of the word of God? And that revelation is not able to transmit into physical results. And when I was coming here, I got a note from someone. And the person said, Pastor Balaji, there's a testimony I shared that is being taken away from me. He said, in fact, I, I'm almost regretting sharing it because it seemed as if as I shared it, Satan came to attack it. Of course, that's a lot of bad theology because the Bible says the gift and the callings of God are without repentance. When God gives you something, he doesn't take it back. But the reason, so question. So, but when he said so, but I understood because sometimes, when, it depends on what I'm talking to. It depends on the answer I give because I'm always concerned that how the person understands. You know, I could just tell the person, let's pray. But really, when people get healed, they must, people get healed and go back and become sick again. Yes or no? Sometimes. Question, why do they go back and become sick? Because what made them sick in the first place? Is it available? What does the Bible say? If an evil spirit leaves a man's, a man's body, the Bible says the evil spirit will come and check. He will come and check. But most of those people, when they get healed like that, because they get healed by the, um, by the introduction of the power of God into their body, not because of any personal revelation or that they have. So when they come under attack, the Bible says this, the evil spirit comes and sees the house swept and garnished. Meaning that what? The house has not been occupied by the word. Because if the house is occupied by the word, he will have found the fruits of the word growing in the house. So the world is just the, the house is just empty. 
So because the house is just empty, the evil spirit now goes and makes it tougher to be casted out. Why am I saying this? So when you see a Christian that has revelation of the word of God and does not have the fruits of the word of God, there are a lot of things you have to check. The first thing you want to check is the mindset. Because most people that think they have relation to the word of God, they have it in the head. They just have gnosis. They just have something, just a pigment, just something in the head. It's not the heart yet. And it's until it gets from the heart. And I know that Pastor Pastor um, has talked about gnosis, epignosis, idol, you know, you know, until it gets from the head into the heart, nothing changes. So I'll give an example. There's a lady in our church. She's pregnant now. And I was going to pray for her. But she wasn't pregnant. I'm going to pray for her. I said, I'm going to pray for you to be pregnant. But you need to know before I pray for you that after the prayer, you'll be pregnant. You will have a baby and you give birth. And you need to conclude that now. That when you make up your mind, they can come back for prayer. The reason why is that when it comes to the prayer of faith, all of the prayer of faith is at the time of praying. Because it's at that time you believe, it's at that time you receive, it's at that time you declare so. He said, why are you saying this? I said, the reason why is that if you don't agree that right now, our prayer will just be futile. So you, you see a lot of Christians, they know God can do something, they have a logical, you know, they have a logical expression of revelation, but the practical fruit in their life is not there. But why is it not there? How does, why is it not there? Because they, the word, their mind has not been trained to receive the word. So you see a young Christian girl that is trying to get married. But she knows that in life that God has sorted her out. But why does she fret? Because the revelation is not yet a consciousness in her spirit. You see a young person that maybe came from a humble background and is trying to do big things. But the revelation is not yet strong in the spirit. So, and guess what? We don't drift to do what we know. We drift to do what is familiar. That's how the human mind works. That's why, even though you want to lose weight, if they put food here, your goal is to lose weight. You don't eat the food that makes you lose weight. What do you eat? You eat what you normally eat before. So, now, God in this very powerful way, there's a principle I want to show you here. God in this very powerful way, when God wants to help us, so God sees that mental problem. He sees how that mental problem is a problem, you know, because someone says it will make you renew the mind. Some of you, the danger of those mental blocks is this, or those limiting beliefs is this. You are not even aware that there's something that's limiting your mind. And it's the nature of ignorance. The nature of ignorance is this. Those that are ignorance are not aware they're ignorant. That's why when you people discover a city where people wear clothes, where they don't wear clothes. Have you seen? You know, some Muslims they discover one village where they wear. Even the village are not aware that they are naked. Because they think that all over the world, people don't wear clothes. The nature of ignorance is that you are not even aware. So that's why it's never solved. Because what is there to solve when you don't know you have a problem? So what does God do? So there's this believer that, you know, God wants to change his level. So how does God change? How does God bring us into new stages? Watch this now. So if you are here and you're saying that, okay, in this particular conference, I'm believing that the Spirit of God will bring me to a new place in the Spirit. 
in this particular conference, there's something I'm believing God for. This is how God will do it sometimes. How will God do it? Let's read. And Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the living of the Pharisee and of the Sadducees. And I'm saying so because there are certain things that have happened in this conference that God is already doing and wants to use. So what is the background of this story? The living refers to the living in the bread. So he was telling them very simple. He said, he said, be careful of the living of the Pharisees and Sadducees. What did the apostle say? The next verse, please. The apostle says in verse 7, and they reasoned. Did you understand that? Jesus spoke from the place of revelation. They were reasoning. So their understanding will go down. Because you don't understand revelation that way. It must be communicated from spirit to spirit. You embrace with the spirit that your mind will contemplate what you have embraced already. So, of course, the when they reason, have you noticed every time they reason, they always say nonsense. Every time they reason, they always, that, that's why the only time Peter did not say nonsense, what did Jesus Christ say? Flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. He didn't say flesh and blood has not reasoned it to you. He said flesh and blood has not revealed it to you. Every time they reason, they were always talking nonsense. The reason why is that in a spiritual conversation, the reasoning dimension is lower than the spiritual dimension. So in this conversation, and there are two conversations, there's a spiritual dimension going on in which spirit is communicating to spirit, but there's also a mental dimension because we're speaking English so someone can hear. So the Bible says this, and they reasoned among themselves and said, is it because we have no bread? So what they were saying is this, Jesus pointed out something that was powerful to them. He says, beware of the, and let me tell you something, if Jesus knew they didn't have the capacity to understand revelation, it would not communicate to them that way. Because he was a perfect teacher. So Jesus knew the capacity of what he said was not beyond them. But because they began to reason it in the flesh, they began to what? Misinterpret it. So they said, Is it because we not take bread? And Jesus Christ said, My God. Then Jesus Christ now began to say, This is the reason why I thought you would understand that. What's the reason? Next verse 5. And when Jesus perceived, and when Jesus perceived, did you see that? Jesus was always perceiving. He was speaking at a, he was perceiving. He didn't even hear. He said, and when he perceived, he said unto them, Oh, you have little faith. Do you see? Did you see why he said their reasoning was of the flesh? Because the response of Jesus was that, Wow, your thinking is out of faith line. He said, Oh, you have little faith. You are reason ye amongst yourself that ye brought no bread. Oh, wow. The next verse. Do you not remember? Meaning that. This is the reason why you should not think this way. He said, do you know what does it matter? Do you not remember that the five loaves of bread, the five loaves of the 5,000, and how many baskets you took up? Yeah, let's go. And the seven loaves of bread and 4,000, how many baskets you took up? Let's go. How is it, how is it that ye do not understand that I speak not concerning bread, but ye beware of the living of the Pharisee and Sadducees? The fundamental reason why they were thinking of food was, it was their predominant thought. They were living on what to eat and what to drink. So every revelation they received was brought down to that level. Paul just guy saying, just guy saying that I thought you would have gone beyond that place where eating and drinking will be your primary driving force. Why did he say, see, this is what I'm saying. He said, the reason why I thought you would have gone past that place is this. And this is a secret to changing how God expands our mind. This is a secret. He said, the reason why is this. When I took the 5,000 to feed the five, the five blows to feed 5,000, he said, I was doing two things. Number one, out of my love and compassion, I was doing a miracle. But also, I was, I was creating an experience that will expand your mind that food can never be your problem again. 
He said, unfortunately, you saw the miracles, you, and that's why he made sure that it was in their hands that the bread multiplied. He said, you saw the miracles, you pick up the basket, but that was the lesser miracle. The lesser miracle was that it was meant to affect your mindset. He was meant to open it up a little, so that when you get inside a situation, you will always remember, food cannot be a problem for me. He said, unfortunately, the bread multiplied in your hands, but the poverty in your mind stayed. You know what I'm saying? So, when you come to this kind of meeting and pass on his ministry and two more disappear, someone blind eye you. If a blind eye can open here, you will ask yourself as a medical doctor, what can make a blind from birth eye open? Is it not easier for me to get 100 million to my account than for a blind eye to open? You will now interpret to yourself if a blind eye can open, then this 100 million is nothing for God. That's how you use it to open. Because what God does is this, this is what he does. God, you operate at a dimension of five. God wants to take it to nine. You know what he does? He gives you an encounter that translates from five to nine. In a moment, hoping that once you taste the glory of nine, you will be dissatisfied with five and begin to aspire higher. Unfortunately, people go for that experience. They fall under the power. They had a wonderful camp meeting, but their thinking goes back to five again. And God is saying, I didn't give you the nine experience just for a moment. What you should take here is not just for the camp meeting. It's meant to alter the dimension of the future. It's meant to alter the dimensions of the future. And let me tell you something. If you talk to people that have encounters with God, they will tell you, I went for a meeting. I heard this. I heard this. What those things did was that in those meetings, a portal was open. You know what portals are? A portal was open. There was a moment of translation. There was a moment of translocation. And when they had that experience, they held that experience, came back to that level, and found their way back to that experience again. How do I understand that? I'll give you this is, God, this is what God does every time. So he was saying that, ah, what's going on here? What's going on here? Don't you realize that the miracle was not to feed the people alone? It was meant to change something you're thinking so that you, you'll be set free. Let me tell you how, how God did this for Moses. Moses, when he came, came to the, the age when he thought he should deliver, it was not the timing of God. He stepped out. And when he stepped out, he went to fight and try to deliver Israel by his own power. Pharaoh took on, on him, he ran away. But in the fullness of God's time, it was time to get Moses back. Remember Moses' mindset. How powerful Pharaoh is of the previous failure. That was his mindset. So when God was trying to convince him to go back and do that, what did God do? As God was talking, God knew that Moses could never accept the call. So what God said, Moses, take the, the rod in your hand. Why the rod in your hand? Take something that you have that I think is useless. Put it on the floor. When he put it on the floor, he thought it's happening. What did the Bible say? The Bible says Moses ran away. Why did he run away? His mind could not compare what happened. It was not, listen, Moses lived in the desert. He could have killed a snake. But why did he run away? His mind could not what, comprehend that this happened. God did two or three miracles. You know why? By doing the miracles, he was telling Moses, if ordinary rod that is useless to you can become a mighty weapon, if my hand comes upon you, you can bring out Israel out of what? Out of the land of Egypt. So those experiences became things because how did Moses move from the person that said, I can't, I will, I will never, to the person that says, Pharaoh, let my people go. 
The only way that transition happened was this. There was an encounter and a revelation that opened a dimension to him and they lay hold on it and he came back. I'm saying this to you because this is the way you understand revelation. Once you hear revelation of the word of God, revelation, in fact, let me help you with prophecy. What are prophecy? Prophecy are dimensions of future possibilities. Mm. Why are there coming possibilities? It does not have to happen. And some will not happen. So what God does in prophecy is this. He begins to open your mind and tell you the future. He shows you possibilities and, and possibilities. And you, you will lay hold of the possibilities of the future, come back into the present, and begin to work for that possibility. That's why Paul told Timothy, he said, make warfare according to the prophecies that have gone ahead of you. He said, there are possibilities that you have seen in your spirit, there are possibilities that you have heard communicated to your spirit. He said, you are in the present right now because of the possibility. And that's why we're people of prophecy. What does God do? He always tells, say to us what he wants to do in our future. And through the future, create a path. So you begin to fight because of what you have heard. You begin to fight because of what you have seen. There are possibilities that have been embedded in your spirit. You begin to fight. So also, why are you fighting this way? Because I've conceptualized some possibilities. What happens in churches there? People come into a service, they write a lot of notes. They don't realize that the purpose of the word is to let a certain light dawn on their spirits. Question. You spent two days here already. What are the moments that God had happened here that God was using it to expand the capacity? Are you able to identify it? The people that went through the toughest experience had the deepest experience. How do I know? The people that saw just could transform, Peter, James, and John, they were the ones that went through the toughest. Paul had revelations of Jesus Christ. He went through the toughest. And the reason why is that it's the strength, it's the strength of that encounter in the word of God. It's a total experience that carries them through that journey. I mean, when you read Brother Hagin's story, the way just Christ appeared to him, you're like, this is so partial. But because of the work he had to do in establishing the teachings of faith and of the new creation, you know, most of the time they needed this kind of experience. It's not as if God loved him better, but because of the things he had to go through. And as soon as it became established, what happened? All those manifestations were withdrawn and ceased. I'm saying so to you because you're hearing the word. So God wants the ministry in your hand to transit to the next level. So as you are praying in this place, there is a vision that comes to you by the Spirit. There is a prophetic utterance that is given to you. There is something that is shown to you. If you are not careful, you will leave that thing that is shown and move on. Meanwhile, the most powerful thing is that thing. And that was why, will you receive this? That was why as soon as John began to say nonsense, because John forgot to his words, one of the questions just Christ asked John was this, what did you go to the wilderness to see? He said, you went for a retreat. You should have had encounters and see something that will sustain you in this season. He said, since you have forgotten what you've seen, he said, go back again. Say, what did you go to see? Because what he saw was a manifestation of the Spirit of Christ on him. He said, what did you go and see? But what happens is that people, how is it coming to you? Ah, ah, you know, pastor can preach. 
But at the end of the conversation, what did you see? You know, me and Pastor were together. <laughs> and I asked him the first day, we're going for a conversation. What did you come and receive? The reason why is this. If you don't know why you came, if you get it, you know what to get. If you don't know why you came, if you got it, you will not know what you got. The, the prayers that are answered, the prayers that are never answered, are the prayers that God has answered. I think about it. You will never have the joy of answered prayers to a prayer that God has answered. Because he has answered it already. You are telling him to do what he has done. As a matter of fact, in those kind of prayers, just a discovery that they already answered prayers. So, this morning, this is, this is where, because you need to ask yourself. I mean, there were teachings on impartation, supernatural ministry, all these things. Why is all this coming at this time? What, what is God? See, in the midst of all of this, there's a building in Christ that is done by the word of God. But there's also a direction by the Spirit. And there's also a word that the Lord is telling up in your heart. What, what is that thing? Like what you're hearing now, what is that thing? But, but like the apostles, they saw the bread, but the bread could not affect their mind. They see the bread, the bread, the bread is. From the day that that rod of Moses turned into a, a serpent, that rod became special. In fact, you got the rod of the Lord. Why? The mentality changed how he saw it. There should be revelation and encounter that begins to change how you see yourself, how you see things, how you see ministry, how you see your business, how you do things. There's a total, and you can see, Moses could not just relate to that rod the way it was before. He couldn't because his eyes was open of what can happen through a rod. Praise God. I say praise God. Hallelujah. I say praise God. Hallelujah. So what, what happens traditionally is this. God wants to do, you know, I, I was praying maybe last week about the prophetic gift. You know, because every gift has operation. So there are people that, um, I think we were discussing the car. So I had a guy that worked the prophetic gift. You know, we're having a conversation. So he now said that prophecy. He said, he said, as I am right now, all I just need is 10 seconds to switch. He said, I will begin to tell you things right now. So one of us said, ah, now why is it so easy for him? I said, all gifts grow by a lot of things. Number one, knowledge. That's why Paul says, beloved, I will not have you what ignorant about spiritual gifts. Because the more you are aware of it and its oppression, the more you can walk in it. Then it also goes by desire. It says, convert more earnestly. It even says pray. It says what? Convert more earnestly. Because people are praying for spiritual gifts, but the Bible instruction is this, convert more earnestly. So why not convert? And how do you convert? It's very simple. You can't say I convert. The proof of, 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 what? of desire is pursuit. So if you want the gift, it will show in how much materials of the gift you consume. How much people that have the gift you stay around. 
and they're talking about the gift is use. And why, why, part of use is not the part you use it. Every gift multiplies in capacity when, it, when, when you are more confident. The reason why is that fear and faith are leads. Oh my God. Fear and faith are leads. Every gift. So when you read the story of the God general, what happens? The people that you see have the biggest manifestation were the boldest. Because every gift amplifies its boldness. Every time, so the level of the gift operation will always be hindered by the level of fear and intimidation. So the more you can take out the fear, is, is that not true? He, he was telling me that you, you have a supernatural ministry of ministering to the dead and bringing them back to life. But he's going to tell you something about the boldness in which thou operates. Is that not true? It comes in boldness. The reason why you pray for the dead and don't come back to life is that you know they will not come back to life. I yeah, just wasted your time. You know, you were just trying your luck. Don't you know that? <laughs> you know you're just trying your luck. You, you just like some sort of skiva. They knew. See the way they address the one. I adore you in the name of Jesus Christ that Paul preached. Like in case something happens, not me. <laughs> The demon also knew. Because demons are not as intelligent as we think. They don't know everything. But the way they spoke, the demon could discern. that these guys don't know what they, they, they didn't know. They didn't have this thing. I joined them with that Paul preached. So the demon asked. Because they gave enough information. Because to show how stupid the demon is, he could not recognize who they were. He said, Paul, I know. Just I know. Who are you? That means that he was still confusing the identity. He couldn't tell if they were here or here. But of course, he didn't have an answer. He now showed them paper. <laughs> glory to God. Hallelujah. I said glory to God. Hallelujah. So, so the question now is this. There's a question. This, this is, and this is where I, I didn't even look at the time when I started. You know, I just went to preaching. Because I know you had a late night yesterday, so I don't want to Increase the late night. And apart from that, you know, um, there are so many, there are so many I, I don't want to be oversaturated. You know, when I said preaching, one of my friends helped me. He said, just remember that an overfed baby and an underfed baby have the same problem. It's called malnutrition. He said, either it's overfed or it's underfed. And the reason said so because when I just started, I felt as if I needed to preach the whole Bible in one service. He said, they will, they will come back next week. <laughs> and also, as a minister, you must remember that not everybody, not everybody feeds at the way you feed. So this thing I'm teaching right now, if it was another setting, I would have taught in another way. I, I consciously train myself to teach in a certain way. It's a training I've given myself over the time. So because I preach short, so things I, things I don't do, I don't turn in the Bible. So my assistant writes all this. They print my scriptures down for me on the paper. So I don't say turn in your Bible. I just take the scriptures I read from the paper. Because that reading scriptures alone takes a lot of time. So I just be so all the scriptures are printed. So I don't turn in my Bible. All the scriptures are printed for me. I just go, this, 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 this. And, and I'm looking at the screen. And that's why I love because... 
the average person that comes to the church, um, the average that comes to the church, the level of the spirituality, so I want them to see it so that I can use it to talk to them and inspire their appetite for the word of God. But there are some places where they are very deep and they're very grounded and they need a deeper level of teaching. I'm just saying what I think is the average where this country is concerned. Glory to God. All right, so let's, let's, let's begin to, to, to close this. So what you see, so watch this now. So how do we grow in the realm of the Spirit? How do we grow in life? As we walk with the Lord, it shows us potentials of the future. And sometimes when it shows us that, our mind begins to hold us back. Because the thing is this, this is the thing. You can't run towards a future you don't believe in. Some of you really think that maybe the devil is the environment. What is stopping you is you. Do you know how many of you have said you started a business in 2020 and you started a business? Was it the devil? It was you. You know, something, hey, but I started. It's not about the fact that you started. It was the fact that inherently you didn't really believe that you could start. And like the seven sons of Skiva, what? They did not believe that they could cast out the devil, although they were acting it on the outside. When you begin to act what you don't believe, it will always end up in shame. Because the Bible says, faith without works is dead. It didn't say, works without faith is alive. Oh, yeah. It didn't say, works. A lady called me last week. She said, I want to do an IVF. So, like, a pastor prayed for me. So, I called her back. I said, I don't know if I should pray for you or not. The way you are talking about this IVF, I see if it's a new idol. I said, hope you know IVF is 50-50. He said, Pastor, why you, you, you are scaring me? I said, that's the whole point. That you've not even believed that you are pregnant. You need to know that either I do IVF or I don't do IVF. Pregnancy is done. But by the time your faith is not in IVF, there's not a problem. One lady in our church, she, she did the IVF two times, it failed. But the second time she did this, she called me and she cried for maybe about three or four hours. She was crying. Her husband said she was in a bad state. I told her, she said, I thought you were pregnant already before the IVF. He said, yes. He said, but I've seen both. I've had miscarriage. He said, it doesn't matter. It's working. You know what happened? Three months after she got pregnant with that IVF and had the baby. When she did the two IVFs, it never worked. She lost the baby. Three months after she got pregnant and had the baby. So how does God happen? So as we are growing with the Lord, and this is what God does. It shows us pictures, prophecy. He tells you the future. And he's hoping that you can lay hold of it. But listen to me. This is what we do. We lay hold of the prophecy. But we don't allow the prophetic word to change how we're thinking. And unfortunately, the thinking on level 5 cannot work on level 7. And when the Bible says we are changed from glory to glory, it's not as if our spirit is growing. That's not what it is. Because spiritual growth really is what? Is that our mind is actually what? It's been renewed and moving to level to level. It's not, it's not as if we are growing from a five-year-old spiritual baby, baby to a seven-year-old spiritual baby. So once your mind is not growing at the pace, your mind begins to drag back what God wants to do in your life. It begins to drag back. And, and, and you know the thing, someone says, how do I know my mind is dragging me back? It's very simple. The more you expose yourself to God's word, you will know. Because the word is a lamp and a light. 
I'm telling you, you just uh, let me get an example. We want to we want to raise 10 million today. Yeah. You know why I said so? Because everybody that had a poverty problem, something went up to you. Everybody that had a conscious, prosperity conscious was two things. Oh, what do we want to do? why do you want to do that? What do you want to give to? How will I give? Because it's the same topic, it's how you think about it. Do you think from the point of, you know, so when you get 10 million, you see a huge amount of money. I was telling Pastor me here, I said, oh, there's a minister. I said, I just sent him 10 million. I said, yeah, I, said, I sent him as a seed. I said, oh, I sent him 10 million. Oh, that, that should happen several times in your life. What is 10 million? What that boy giving 10 million dollars? So I said, 10 million dollars. <laughs> so so you, did you see, as I mentioned money, did you see how the, how many of you are seeing the Googling? And the reason why is that in our environment, poverty is prevalent. The, re the reason why poverty is very strong in Nigeria is it's just very simple. The young people don't have pictures of people that are young and succeeded and made money without stealing. So when they dream of the future, they cannot see possibilities for them. So that's why we leave the country, because there's no image. You can't say, I want to be like this. All the role models are in America. So what do you think about until I leave the country? So what God does that God will interrupt that process and begin to show you something. That's what God does. When it was difficult for Mary to accept the prophecy of the angel, he said, how would this thing be? The angel said, let me help you. Carry your daughter and go meet your, your sister Elizabeth. He said, once you see, he said, don't just see her, stay with her. He stayed with her for some months because as she saw Elizabeth Tumar growing, her capacity to believe for what God had said to her began to expand. It was a, see, that thing the Elizabeth was a classical case of renewing of the mind. It was not confession. It was renewed by association. Because as soon as he said, hey, baby is doing this, ah, baby is doing that, hey, baby is doing this, she would say, oh wow, if God can do this, then what he said to me, because the same angel that came to them came to me. There's a way you camp around testimonies that become transferable. That's why in our church, we always say something, if you, I don't know if you follow me on social media, we always say something in our church. If God does something for, you know, this is, this is the legalistic law way of thinking. God does something for Sister Nara. Sister Dara. And maybe, I don't know what God did for you. Huge testimony that is financial. And, you know, and brother, yeah. Brother Vanna goes, God, why have you forgotten me? You know, you know, every time you say that, you lose the consciousness of God's love. Because that can be New Testament thinking. What's the same thinking? When God did this big thing for Stadara, what does Brother Manasseh say? Praise God. Jesus is in the neighborhood. My is next. Because if he's doing turn by turn by turn, at least he's touched my friend. That means I'm number two or number three away. That's how he's thinking because there's no scarcity of resource with God and there's no limitation in his love. And what God does is approve of what's available for others. But, but I'm saying these things because of the way our mind is thinking. It's the way our mind is shaped. So 
why did he why have you forgotten me? Because almost to him it says that if God does for me, doesn't do for me, maybe it has finished. Because we grew up in an environment where you had to pass cut-off mark to enter university. And when you have cut-off mark, they still reduce you back because you are too many. So when God does for one, the cut-off mark have been, maybe common have been done and have not made it. You must allow the Spirit of God, see, you must allow the Spirit of God to expand your mind. It's something you must decide to do. You must allow the Spirit of God to take, because that, how will God grow, how will you grow? The first thing God will do is to grow you. And as he grow you, he brings you, like what, he brings you to situations, circumstances. Someone says, how do you get to primary five? Just by, just by going through primary four. How does God grow you? It's not a spectacular thing he does. Just by going through your normal activities and following it, you just go from four to five, from five to six to GS1. That's what he grows. So in, in a small way, he would, I remember the first time I had to give a million. But I did that when I was just about 28. That was the first time I gave a million. Either 27 or 28. That was the first time I gave a million. I remember what, so I remember what the first time I had to give five million. I remember the first time I had to do ten. So you 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 park in a place or you walk from church, doors pass what at you, you say I see all this with you for. And you just let's come meeting. That was all you could say. See all this with you. After leaving camp meeting. That's all you could say. Joseph was a slave. The Bible says, but he was blessed. He was a slave that made his master rich. See, that, this thing that affected Joseph so much, that even in prison, he could not behave like a slave. They had to notice that this guy was different from them. How will you know? Other people were very sad. He was not sad. He said, why are you sad? Why are you sad? That's why I knew the other people were sad. Because there was a way that affected his thinking. Have you seen someone that is so poor, but they think so prosperously? In a filthy world, they are so holy. And they think that you guys are, the, they think that the other side is abnormal. But the first thing, if God is going to change the state of a man, it changes the state of his mind. But how does he do it? By granting you experiences on a higher dimension and hoping that those encountered experiences will translate something in your mind. But the challenge is this. Most people take it as a one-off experience. Just one-off experience. You know the thing? The Bible says God led Israel to the wilderness to try their heart. You know, I don't know how you interpret to try their heart, but what God was going to do was to lead them to Israel, to let them walk with him so they can see the kind of person he is. He was hoping that by the time I finish blessing you and supplying you, you were able to trust the love. You know, he was hoping so. But instead, because their heart was hardened, they could not see from that perspective. Their heart was dark. So their heart was linking back to Egypt because they were the flesh. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Are you getting blessed already? Wow, I've used almost an hour. <laughs> I think we should pray. We should pray. I think we should pray. Name Takashataya.
like John, what if you go to the wilderness to see? You are here. What have you come to see? A pastor wearing suit. A pastor that came from Mori. Or you have come for something that will change the whole paradigm of your mind and empower you for the next level. Let's pray. Thanks for your food. You have just listened to a message of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.